Hi everyone, I'm Audrey Stratton. I'm Carmen Thorley. And this is Kitten Whiskers and Kanye, the podcast where we talk about the history of and take a not too deep look at our favorite things. What you're listening to right now is the recorded introduction to our first episode. And much like the pilot episode of your favorite television series, it is a little bit rough. (laughs) So we wanted to take some time to kind of more thoroughly introduce ourselves and talk about what's going on here. Initially, when we had recorded the episode, it was kind of a test run to like, get comfortable with the recording equipment and familiarize ourselves with like, all of the programs and to kind of hit our stride. And what we discovered was we actually got a lot of really good, solid content. Um, there's just a few things that we have to kind of clarify beforehand so that when you're listening to it, it's not like super, super mega confusing. Yeah. So one of the things that happened was when we recorded, we recorded for probably a good like three and a half hours. Yeah. What we initially were planning on doing for the format of our show was we wanted to talk for just a little bit about like random favorite things and then go into the main meat meat of the episode. Yeah, go into the main topic. And what we discovered was not only did we end up talking about a topic that we could probably do a whole episode on, which is English literature, but we had enough prepared for the main topic of the episode that we didn't really have time to do that little potpourri style bit at the beginning. So you'll hear us mention um, using plain language at some point in the episode. And I think I actually specifically say like, oh yeah, it's kind of like going back to what we were talking about, about using plain language. Mm -hmm. We were talking about, I think, Charles Dickens. (laughs) We were either talking about Charles Dickens or I, I think I remember 1984 as well. Yeah, yeah. So we were basically just talking about our favorite books and our favorite writers and that a lot of our favorite writers use plain language. Not Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens does not <laughs> use plain language. No, he does not. <laughs> we also mention a couple of things in our personal lives. Uh, we mention our significant others. So I, Audrey, am married. I've been married to a man named Nick for eight and a half years now. It's been a good eight and a half years. Yeah, congratulations. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I know. It's the eight and a half anniversary of ours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I have a boy f- named Michael. Um, we've been together for about two years. Uh, he's a musician and knows a lot about audio recording stuff, so he will probably get a little bit of credit um, at the end of some things that we'll be editing or you know, whatever, with sound mixing and stuff, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, just big shout-out to him, just right off the bat, and shout-out to Nick for a lot of the emotional support that he's providing. (laughs) You know, they've both been really supportive about it, once once they realized that it was, like, gonna be a real thing. Yeah, you know, (laughs) I think initially when we talked about it, we were like, oh yeah, this would be a fun thing. It was just kind of one of those, like, hypothetical projects, and then... Carmen and I got the ball rolling, and... Yeah, we bought microphones. Yeah, we bought microphones. And I know for Nick, it was when the microphone came in that he was actually like, oh, 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 this is not just a hypothetical thing. Like, you are actually getting going on this. Yeah, yeah. For Michael, it was not until I was leaving, like, actually leaving with all my equipment to record the first episode. He was like, it's real? (laughs) Yes, it's real. It's a thing. It's a real thing. And then finally, we both work at a bakery, a local bakery. And at one point we do mention like listening to music at work and we are very privileged to work in a place where we can basically listen to whatever music Mm -hmm. we want. Uh, We work grave shifts so we don't have to deal with customers at all and so we don't 
have to deal with like let's play music that customers are yeah. not going to be offended by yeah yeah that's a tender mercy <laughs> yeah so that being said thank you for tuning in and here is episode one of kitten whiskers and kanye colon kanye west kanye. <laughs> So if it's not clear by our, like, the title of our pod, um, we are both pretty big fans of Kanye. We do, we do both kind of focus on, um, like, different stages of his musical career, though. Like, you prefer his, the middle of his career, like, his electronic phase, and I really like his, like, over-the-top, you know, indulgence of everything in the world kind of, like, stardom kind of thing. Um, So... Really, we just both, we both love Kanye. We think he's a musical genius. I think I can speak for you on that, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And even though my opinions about him as a person are definitely yeah. very different so, than yeah. my opinions of him as an artist, like it's it's one of those where you do have to separate the author from the work or the yeah. creator from the, the art. And yeah. um, he obviously integrates a lot of his own personal life into his music. Right. But so it's going to be impossible to not talk about his of course. life completely. But yeah. yeah, I think it is important that we establish that we are talking about, like, Kanye the rapper. Like, not Kanye the fashion designer necessarily, or Kanye the, the butthead. <laughs> but Kanye the West, the Yeezy. Kanye the Yeezy. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Which is one question that I do want to ask. Like, maybe, maybe I'll be answering this later anyway. But why does he call himself Jesus? So I. So okay, yeah. So Jesus is a Yeezy comes from Jesus. Jesus comes from Jesus. Um, So that just kind of, and you know, it it probably was going to come up later, but um, it's a good enough place to start. (laughs) He just essentially really does the origin story. (laughs) The origins. I, he really, he really is just kind of puts off this air of that he is, um, Jesus <laughs> returned. <laughs> I know a lot of people take it really seriously. I can't, I can't believe that he's being serious. I don't think he is. I do think it is, um, just kind of a PR thing just to get people talking, which works because people are just like the first thing, um, when I was upstairs talking to my mom, the first thing she said was, uh, as she was explaining who Kanye West was to my dad, she said, he's the one that thinks he's Jesus and interrupted Taylor. Those were the two things that she, <laughs> those are the two takeaways from Kanye that she, yeah. that she could bring up. It's one of many controversial, um, things that he does, is, um, compare himself to Jesus Christ. But I mean, if anyone is going to do it in this world, besides Jesus, <laughs> Like, I'm okay. I'm okay with it being Kanye. I think he's, I do think he's that important. I'm one of those mega fans that just like, I just think he's, I think he's incredible. <laughs> I love him so much. Yeah. Well, because as I was listening to some of his music where, you know, he does refer to himself as Yeezy or Yeezus, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking, what's the difference between him and Jay-Z? Because Jay-Z has titled a lot of his albums Blueprint, like Blueprint 1, Blueprint 2, Blueprint 3. And he does that because he wants to kind of send this message to the rap and the hip hop community that he uh, is trying to lay down this this base idea you know this is the blueprint of how rap should be yeah you need to follow this to get back to the good stuff and so i mean there's a little bit of a comparison there like in in ego but i think that's interesting because i think kanye does the like literally the exact opposite of that like i think 
where Jay-Z puts down a blueprint for this is what makes a good rap song or a good rap album, Kanye's like, no, forget that. Like, I'm going to do what I want. And he does. And sometimes it fails. And sometimes it is, like, just in ingenious, you know? Um, but Kanye actually did uh, help him produce... Um, I think it was one of the first things that Kanye produced out of Rockefeller Records. Um, he helped Jay-Z produce Blueprint One. Um, yeah, that's one of the first things he did because he was a music producer before he was a rapper. He'd always dreamed of being a rapper, but um, he never really portrayed that like gangster model that you know Jay-Z does so well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's that's definitely one description that I've never uh, thought of because yeah. I mean that is part of rap culture, or it was at least for a long time, is that rap culture and gangster culture were I'm not going to say synonymous, but they were very, very, very closely intertwined. Yeah. And so it is interesting to look at, at Kanye and his style and um, you know, the bright plastic glasses yeah. and, and the clothes that are very clearly designer. Yeah. And it just, yeah. It, it's just totally the opposite of that. And even when you listen to his music, like he does a lot of really heartfelt stuff. You it's not, it too, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's very opposite that. So, yeah. Um, there's something that Michael and I, um, like to call the rap brag. It's just exactly what it sounds. It's the one or two songs that are on literally every single rap album that are like, no, I'm the king. You know, like, right. and this yeah. is why. <laughs> like, listen to my, listen to my words and, and you will, you will see for yourself. Um, and Kanye, like, I won't lie. He does, he does do that. He did it with, he does it a lot in Yeezus, which is just all about him, of course. Um, but he doesn't really do that, um, like back and forth war that some rappers seem to do, like the battle for King or as Eminem would say, God, rap God. <laughs> like there's this, this, everlasting competition to see who's the best and I just like to think Kanye is kind of above that he doesn't really care to compete for that because he's like well I know I I don't need to prove it to anyone else like I already know that I'm the best (laughs) I think there's really something to be said for that for that confidence was baby Kanye always this confident and egotistical when he was young he grew up in Chicago um, but he was born in Atlanta Georgia Um, Chicago is a theme that comes up in his music all the time, um, just all the time. He has done a lot for that city ever since he's made it big. Um, He's always been really artistic and really um, unique in his style of any art, really. He used to write um, poetry and he used to write raps for like other local rappers and stuff like since he was 12. Um, So he's always been really, really like uniquely talented in that sense. I don't think he really got as big of a head as he has now until like graduation, his third album or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I, I, I don't know him personally and I don't know, I don't know his, <laughs> I don't know his history before this, before, like before this meaning, like before he got famous, but I don't, I don't think he was like this all the time. I think yeah. there was kind of a shift in his demeanor when he realized how special he was, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Kanye Omar West. Kanye is his real name. I've actually wondered that before because it just doesn't sound like a real name. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, and most people in the rap community choose a different name anyway. Like nobody names their child Jay-Z. Sorry. Nobody names their child Eminem. Just with with his normal, you know, persona of not really giving into that rap culture thing, he kept his old name. 
he kept his normal name, which ideally, or, you know, coincidentally, is kind of a rappy sounding name, you know, like it works. Yeah, it's just, I guess, a fortuitous. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> it's just a happenstance. Yeah. <laughs> so Kanye Omar West, born in Atlanta, Georgia in 1997. Uh, he grew up in Chicago. Um, his father, Ray West, a former Black Panther, and his mother, Donda West, um, she always supported him with his music. He showed an affinity for it since he was five years old. And, um, you know, even though it's not the kind of life that she really wanted for him, she always, always supported him for it. At age 10, they moved to China, um, where she was teaching at Nanjing University. He was the only foreigner in the class, um, but he got, like, A's and B's throughout his entire high school career, which is impressive it's better than i can say honestly <laughs> sure yeah um yeah so he began he began um like his art career pretty early on he was writing poetry uh since he was 5 um she noticed that his mother noticed that she was he was always drawing um and eventually living in chicago he got into the hip hop scene and um started writing raps and was making these pretty big musical compositions uh since 7th grade and selling them to other artists so yeah that's age 13 or 14, I guess. Sure, yeah, but yeah. I mean, can you imagine this, like, punk-ass kid, like, coming up and being like, I hey, made this for this you! This is for you! This is for you! Um, I love this right here. It says he wrote a rap song called Green Eggs and Ham and um, tried to persuade his mother to help him record it, and she paid for, like, a really, really dinky, like, recording session and helped him record it, and she was just so sweet and supportive throughout all of it. Um, that comes up later in his music, too. He sings about his mom. He's actually said that um, the first three albums that he wrote, everything was for her, uh, for his mom until she died. And then after that, everything was for him. And you can just like see this definite shift in his music. Everything, his first three albums are uh, all about college, <laughs> you know, which, which his mother always really wanted him to, really wanted him to accomplish in his life. Um, so after high school, he got a scholarship to attend Chicago's American Academy of Art. He began taking painting classes, then transferred to Chicago State University to study English. And that's another one of those things that, like, I just, <laughs> I just totally, I just, I really connect to Kanye and his college experience is what I'm trying to say. You know, going and wanting to do, like, art and music and then switching to English. You know, for me, at least, it was because I, I just didn't think I could hack it. And English was kind of an easy one to just kind of decide on because it's so broad, right? Right, yeah. Um, and so he, yeah, he um, changed his major to English, changed colleges, and then he dropped out and made his first album, The College Dropout. Um, and that's where, like, the Kanye most of us know starts. And that's an incredible album. It doesn't sound anything like Kanye does now. It's a lot more innocent and, well, all of his stuff is pretty funny. But it's just a lot more lighthearted. It's, it's really, really good. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, you know, we we all remember our first Kanye. Mine was graduation. Right, so I, got, <laughs> I got right onto the the tail end of yeah. that. Graduation's a good one. Yeah, to start on, and it's it's kind of this weird pattern, I guess, or just this weird like coincidence that it was when I was dating my husband. And I was going to college, and this was kind of at the end of the second semester when he said, my husband said, oh, you should listen to this. And I was like, oh, what kind of music is it? 
oh, it's rap. I don't really listen to rap, you know. And if you can imagine this nineteen-year-old white girl in Utah, like you would like rap. I don't really like rap. Um, (laughs) you'd you'd pin me as a country girl, probably. You know, (laughs) and when you find out I don't like country, it's like, oh, okay. So then pop. Yeah. Like, oh man, who was the big pop artist at the time? We had. I guess Lady Gaga was just starting up about that time. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. And of course, Taylor Swift. Oh, Taylor Swift. Okay, so actually those two will come up later. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, that's yeah, fantastic. Um, he, yeah. No, so, you know, we had this conversation and I was like, I just, I don't think I'm really going to want to listen to this. And he said, no, no, no. It's not like any rap you've ever heard before. Just, just do this for me. And of course, it was good it's musical I didn't feel like somebody was angrily yelling at me Mm -hmm. like I did with most rap music and (laughs) like two months later I dropped out of college so that was ironic in I don't know what kind of a sense but it was definitely an ironic moment in my life (laughs) where it's like correlation and causation mean nothing here but maybe yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little he, bit. <laughs> well, and I, his uh, idea with um, the college dropout was he wanted people to, quote, make your own decisions. Don't let society tell you this is what you have to do, you know, because college isn't for everybody. It's not. It's it's hard and it's expensive. And I think he just really, really wanted to make this huge statement about like, it doesn't have to be this way. And I hope someday it really doesn't, you know, I have my own opinions about like college, but I mean, we won't get into that necessarily. Graduation was a good album to, a great album to start off with. He started experimenting a lot with the synthesizers. Um, His huge inspiration at that moment was 80s music, which I know you are a big fan of. We also have a station at work that we listen to as Hades. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, I I had a hard time for a long time trying to find my own musical identity. Uh, And it's something that I do still strive to kind of make my own. But up through high school and through college and even a few years after that, I was just listening to what everybody Mm -hmm. else was listening to. And I was like, yeah, this is good. This is mine. And then I'd get really tired on it and I'd move on. And so that's kind of what happened with 80s music for me. So I revisit it every once in a while. But then I get kind of that feeling of, oh, hey, remember that time in high school when like 80s music was going to be your thing? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? It didn't really stick. It didn't didn't really work out, did it? Did it? Yeah, Kanye actually really did help me find my own musical identity too he like really was just the he really just instigated all of it all my whole obsession with rap because I don't know his was just a little bit more palatable and then when I like tried like to listen to some more um like classic rap you know I could appreciate it more just because I don't know I understood where like who was inspiring Kanye, you know, essentially that's, that's pretty much what my, my view of old rappers was, is okay. How did Kanye, how did Kanye stand on the shoulders of these giants? My first Kanye album, funnily enough, was his most recent one, The Life of Pablo. Cause I hadn't, I like didn't touch a lick of rap until that album, which a friend convinced me to listen to. He showed me the one song FML and it just like changed everything. <laughs> this is the best song ever, and also this is the best album ever, and I've since changed my um, preferred Kanye album, but that one, I was a late bloomer. I started really, really late, and with his last stuff, I've pretty much essentially been moving backwards 
and it's really, really, really rewarding. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I have to admit that I went on a pretty long Kanye run there. As you know, 808 and the Heartbreak is mm-hmm. my favorite Kanye album. But after that, I just kind of moved on. Again, just continuing to try and discover my own musical identity, but it's definitely got a place in my heart of, if this is rap, then I can listen to this. Yeah. Like, for sure, 100% for sure. So Kanye himself, not super religious, like, in terms of actually having a, like, like he's he's spiritual and he has accepted Jesus Christ in his, as his savior. He says, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my savior, and I will say that I fall short every day. But he doesn't really ascribe to anything specific, because he's also said, I'm like a vessel and God has chosen me to be the voice and the connector. You know, so he kind of himself believes that he is, I don't know, possibly his own religion. <laughs> yeah. So like he would, would he identify as Christian at all? Um, he says that he believes in God, but would never go into a religion. So I don't think he identifies. I really don't think he identifies as anything, even though he has, I guess if you did want to squeeze him into a box, which he never is, you know, into, <laughs> if you did want to find a religion that he would, he would Um, relate to it would be christianity he does talk about his first single um jesus walks is just about it's about jesus and it's about how if you were to write a religious song about christ and like his love for christ it would never make like top billboard hits or anything like that which is so funny because it totally (laughs) right organized religion gets i think a pretty bad rap most of the time and i can i can see kanye especially not wanting to associate with any sort of organization that has its flaws and you know even though he's obviously a very flawed human being himself he seems to want to avoid adding to that yeah and so uh, even though that's not something that i personally that's not a path that i personally would take and it's not one that i'm on i definitely have to admire him for saying you know what this is this is what i feel is right so yeah taking walk down Kanye Lane. Kanye. Where do we start? <laughs> we start. Um, we start at Rockefeller Records. Uh, that was his job after he dropped out of college. Um, he did a lot of producing for a lot of artists at that point. He worked with Foxy Brown, Carl Thomas, Jermaine Dupree. He, you know, names that I'm not super familiar with, but that are really important in the beginning of his timeline. He met with Jay-Z in uh, 2000 at Rockefeller and helped pro- help produce the blueprint. After after he helped produce that, he started working with people like Ludacris and Alicia Keys and Janet Jackson, you know, a few more names that you have a little bit more recognition. He just kind of like shot up there a little bit. So while he was a producer, he always wanted to be a rapper, but as I've mentioned before, he never really portrayed the rapper image. He was a really well put together non-gangster type of person, perfectionist. It made it really hard for him. No one really knew how to deal with a rapper that didn't portray that kind of image. He has never really, as we know, he's never really kind of abided by the status quo. In fact, he thrives on the lashback he gets for not abiding to the status quo. (laughs) Right. So after the college dropout released, did go triple platinum, won best rap album at the Grammys. At this time too, he founded Good Music, um, where he housed artists like No ID and John Legend. I, I do have to say, I love 
the name of the studio good music good like, music like i mean we already know that he's got this ego but i mean just to straight up be like going back to the whole simple language thing why use words that you don't need to use yeah. when you can instead just use good use good <laughs> this is music it's good music that is good it's it's almost ron swanson-esque in yeah that. just like simplify you know this is what it is it's good music He also founded the Kanye West Foundation to battle dropout and illiteracy rates and give more kids access to music education, which is really, really cool. Because even now, even more than ever, it's just people are just thinking it's becoming less important. Right. Yeah. I mean, even when I was a kid, our music classes in elementary and middle school were in elementary school was like half an hour a week. And middle school is when it started to become optional. That's when you chose choir or it's no it's not and it's something that like kids don't realize at the time but as an adult now I look back and I think I got most of my education my music education from my father who worked in music and even then it was not a formal education Mm -hmm. which I mean there's some benefits and and some drawbacks to that but definitely for sure if I had I think gotten more of a formal music education there's there's immense benefits to the way that the mind works and to creativity and even mental disorders which is something that I do suffer from I suffer from anxiety fairly mild anxiety but still it's there mm-hmm. and being music able to helps. yeah recognize patterns in music and and being able to fall back on that is definitely a benefit and that's something that I feel I did kind of lose out on because yeah. it's just not emphasized but yeah. I I I did learn the recorder yeah, me too. <laughs> oh my gosh, the recorder. Those like three note songs that you would play. Oh. And they tell you to go home and practice. And even as a kid, I was like, I don't hate my mother and my, and my father. I'm not going to practice exactly, this at home. Exactly, yeah. Oh man. And, uh, the recorder is not enough. It's not enough. It's, no, it's not enough. No. All right, so... Enter Late Registration, his second studio album. This is where the Kanye that I know starts to kind of like show a little bit. He hired a live string orchestra to record for this, which is just like screams Kanye. Yeah, of course. Let me just have this grand orchestra to accompany my rap album. (laughs) It's just, it's so, it's so Kanye. He was inspired by a band called Portishead for the string arrangements. After the release of Late Registration, enter Kanye's first big controversy. Took place in 2004. Um, It was on the news. So he was hosting a segment with Mike Myers about Hurricane Katrina. And he made the statement, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And it just like blew up. Yeah, so I do remember it at the time. I was in high school and... It was really hard to see George W. Bush take criticism at that time because this was three years after the September 11th attacks. And uh, I mean, even though you and I have pretty liberal sensibilities and we look back at George W. Bush now and we're like, uh, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, he was the guy that brought us through the September 11th attacks. He was the guy that sent the troops overseas to go get the bad guys and then hunt down the terrorists and... So, yeah, for someone to criticize him so shortly after those attacks, it was really hard to, yeah, hard to, hear. to hear that. And George Bush, he didn't take it really well. He was pretty disgusted by it, actually, although eventually he did. Um, I, I'm not sure Kanye ever apologized. It doesn't sound like something he would do, but I think, 
I think Bush eventually was just kind of just kind of let it go and was in better graces with him after that. But Kanye does talk about a little bit before he made that big statement, he expresses that he doesn't like how black people are uh, portrayed on TV. If you see a black family stealing from a store during like a riot, they're looting. But if a white family does it, they're doing it to survive and to have food. You know, he's just, he's not happy with how black people are portrayed in the news. And I kind of agree with him. Yeah, sure. And I think it's a a sentiment that's becoming more prevalent uh, in society nowadays. And I feel like it's really picked up speed. Yeah, people are caring a lot more. Yeah, people are caring a lot more about that, especially with all of these black men that are being shot by white policemen. And and the way that these victims are being portrayed in the media, you know, yeah. the, why are they taking this photo of them doing something that looks kind of sketchy instead of their graduation photo? Yeah. And and it's kind of impressive actually that Kanye was speaking up about that yeah, before it before people, it was a thing. Yeah, before I mean it was it's a always thing. been a thing. I don't mean that, but I mean before it was just kind of like normal to protest against or or not be happy with that kind of stuff. You know, he, people probably at most just kind of, you know, shared their sentiments and then ignored it. Right. Yeah. And again, it goes also back to who he was criticizing at the time, Mm -hmm. even though he was speaking the truth, it's really hard to agree with someone who is criticizing this president who again was kind of a hero at the time Mm -hmm. you know what's what side do you take on that right it's not it's not an easy it's 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 not not, you know and and again we're far enough removed from that i think that it's an easy choice for me to make now Mm -hmm. to say yes absolutely we need to address this issue of how are we portraying black people versus white people in the media but as a oh gosh how old was i as a 13-year-old white girl, I, <laughs> President Bush. Yeah, I know what side I was yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I realized when I didn't know everything about Kanye, it was easy to villainize him. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I just am, I, I, know, I know so much about the guy, and now I just, I, I, I empathize with him on almost everything. I really do think he, I think he has a really good heart <laughs> <laughs> and really, really wants to make the world a better place. I think he's maybe just, he's just a little eccentric, maybe misguided sometimes. Um, well, he is a complete jerk also. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, I asterisk. Have a hard, I have a hard time admitting it. He is. <laughs> Footnote. Also, see, jerk, yeah. comma, complete. And you never want to use, it is, I think it is important to note, you never want to use, like, a mental illness as an excuse for jerky behavior. Sure. It does kind of give you some context and some background, though. Uh, like, especially with his, just, his lash outs. And when you just, you just think to yourself, Kanye, stop talking. <laughs> just <laughs> stop it. <laughs> stop. Why do you do the things you do? Why do you do this? You make it so hard to love you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like trying to cuddle with my bunny. <laughs> you are soft and you are very cuddly, but you hate being picked up because you think I'm going to eat you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I just Let want me to love, love you. <laughs> okay. So after after that controversy and the release of late registration, he uh, started touring with you too. And he came out with his third studio album, Graduation, which was the one that Andre started with. This is about 2007 here. Uh, this is where he incorporates synthesizer, and he's really inspired by 80s music. 
And I think the specific song is Champion, where he uses a style that he himself created called Chipmunk Soul, which is uh, sped up soul tracks. <laughs> and it is awesome. And it sounds just exactly that. how it sounds. It's it's excellent. And I I have heard that all over like the rap genre as well. And I mean, Kanye started that. After graduation comes out, two really important things happen in Kanye's life. Um, his fiance leaves him and his mother dies. And I mean, his mother, Donda West, was just so supportive of him all throughout his life. And it just really, it really, really changed him. It changed him a lot. And he has said that his, ever since he started rapping his albums, his music was for his mother. And ever since she died, it's really clear that the music started being for himself. There's a palpable change. I wouldn't even say like a, for better or worse, just a change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So enter 808s and Heartbreaks. This arguably the saddest Kanye album out <laughs> sure. there. Yeah. Just wrought with heartbreak. And I was always wondering, you know, who he was talking about in all of those songs. And you don't know if it's the fiance or his mom, you know? Right. It's, well, I mean, I hope that there are some songs where it's obvious what it's obvious. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think, I really think his mother's death just fueled that. Yeah really really dark side and another really important thing that audrey and i are really big fans of here is he started incorporating auto-tune in his music here yes in a way that is like yes palatable (laughs) yeah (laughs) we get so much auto-tune crap anymore and i i hate to sound cliche by saying this but uh auto-tune needs to be banned we need to issue licenses (laughs) for (laughs) auto-tune use And I think Kanye West is right now the only one that has passed the licensing test. He's the only one that knows how to use it right. He doesn't abuse it. He doesn't actually use it to, like, get his voice on pitch. He uses it as an instrument. Yeah, he uses it as an instrument. He uses it as, it's, it, like, personalizes his music. It doesn't perfect his voice. It just, it's just a part of his instrumentation, which in that, which in that album, it's, all very electronic, you know, so it just fits in perfectly. Right. It's not yeah. out of place like in most pop songs that you hear. It's it just blends right in. It's perfect. And I really I do he with the chipmunk soul and having a live string orchestra in his hip hop and with this auto tune, it's just like album after album, he's paving the way for different kinds of rappers to just do what they want. Like, it was just, he just does the most unique things and really risky things, too. You know, things that probably wouldn't be, they wouldn't work if they weren't done well. And he does nothing but do his thing well. Right. Yeah. Going back to that perfectionist thing, Mm -hmm. definitely, I do not see a alternate universe where Kanye West is okay with having crappy auto-tune on his (laughs) album. Yeah, and infinite universe theory, anything can happen except for Kanye just not giving crap. (laughs) He will always, he will always care. He will always be a perfectionist. It is, it is the darkest timeline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so... 808s, interestingly enough, was recorded in Honolulu. He did go back there to record My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. 808s was recorded in three weeks. You're kidding. No, three weeks. He just holed himself up in his studio and just recorded this heart-wrenching album. Um, And it had an interesting reception. People didn't really know how to react to this kind of sound. You know, people always, like, uh, complain about wanting the old Kanye, which is the classic Kanye, which is the happy college dropout Kanye. But, I mean, he's going to evolve. His music is going to evolve with him. 
you can't really expect him to stay stagnant. You know, any any artist for that matter, you can't expect to stay stagnant, but especially no, someone not. like Kanye who just thrives on newness and and pushing the line and stuff like that. So it had an interesting reception, wasn't all great. Soon after that was the Taylor Swift controversy, which was, oh. about, which was what which was one of the only details that my one of the only details my dad knew about was that his name was what did he say? Conway Twitter. <laughs> 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 yes. I'm, I'm doing an episode on Kanye West. Conway Twitter. No, dad. <laughs> Not even close. Oh my god. Although, goodness. speaking of Twitter, he does have some excellent tweets. Yeah. Which I was always super annoyed by before until I just kind of started to understand who Kanye was and now they're all gold. They're so funny. They are. They are. And, and you've seen the, who is it? Josh Groban the, singing. Yeah. The so tweets. Excellent. This is really soulful, meaningful, like song about the most mundane, inconsequential things, right. like feather pillows. Yeah, yeah. Feather pillows, pretty much. Well, and of course, like Kanye West, being Kanye West, has to word all of his tweets just in completely the opposite way that anybody would express the things that he was trying to yeah. express. <laughs> feather pillows are tight, yo. That's the quote. <laughs> I don't know why that one's my favorite one. He likes his feather pillows. The man knows what he likes. Yeah. But yeah, this, this, so I am fascinated by the Taylor Swift controversy for a couple of reasons. The first one being that the word Ima is now like. It's now an actual word. It's an actual word. (laughs) Like, I'm a, I'm going to let you finish. Uh I'm going to let you finish. But uh, I guess it's that phrase as a whole has kind of worked its way into. I'm going to let you finish, but. Oh, Kanye. Kanye. I'm fascinated with it because of that. And I'm also fascinated with the fact that this was a decade ago. Oh, yeah. That's so hard to think about. This is when I was still in high school. It's still a thing. It's still a thing. Like, I mean, I get celebrity grudges, I guess, for like the the attention but this one is just so intriguing because kanye will not leave her alone no she is just not it's so sad she is not interested in having anything to do with him anymore and he just keeps pushing her and it's not cool it's not but i do kind of understand why he does it I, I, I think I understand why he does it. I think he really is just kind of upset that her kind of music, which I like Taylor Swift to preface this. I do enjoy her music quite a bit, but it is pretty basic pop. Oh yeah, sure. Um, and I sure. think he hates the idea that someone that makes such likable general pop can be so big. I think it really bothers him. I mean, even even with him, who I think, I think he's more popular than Taylor Swift. Sure. Um, that it should bug him so much that um, one of his peers is Taylor Swift. I really just think it, I really think he really just hates it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, and I do also have to say, I do also like Taylor Swift a lot. And I think 1989 is going to be a staple in pop music history. Mm-hmm. It's, if it's not one of the top five albums of the decade, one of the top five pop albums of the decade, then I, you know, I, I'd like to hear the music that, beats it out mm-hmm. because it is extremely likable music yeah it is it's, it's very catchy. Likeable music. it's like it's just big sounding yeah it it's a it's a really good pop album yeah and but but we're talking about 
a decade ago. Yeah. So we need to look at that. When I said before that Kanye West is a giant jerk, uh, it's because I have to keep in mind, Taylor Swift is my age. We were both born in 1989, which means that when this happened, she was 19 years old. I mean, here's this. <laughs> like, how do you even react to the, just this guy storming on stage and just putting you down like that? Right, yeah. So how much do you know about this controversy? Like, was he drunk? Was he on something? Or was he just being... I think he was just really, really fired up. So the award that he interrupted, I think, was for Best Music Video. So um, it was for best music video by a female artist. So it included Taylor and then it included Beyonce. Right. Beyonce lost out. Um, but, but Beyonce then went on to win best music video. Was like that period. After? Without, yeah, that was after that. Yeah, and that's embarrassing for Kanye. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Kanye being as close as he is to Jay-Z and Beyonce, I don't know, I guess felt like it was his responsibility to stand up for her. And make the statement that her her music video was, like, best music video of all time, I think is what he said. Mm-hmm. Taylor is dejected, of course. Everyone's really surprised. And then Kanye is just kind of really withdrawn the whole entire time. And then I guess, as you say, Beyonce did go on to win best music video of all time. Like, not just Of female. the year, yeah. Which, I mean... That, yeah, I, 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 I wonder if he wishes he could go back. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely... Well, I think the answer is no, because he has been riding this train for the last 10 yeah, years. It's, it's Like I said, it's the first thing everyone thinks about is the Kanye Taylor thing. It's the, I'm gonna let you finish, but it's it's a huge thing. I, I feel like he just thrives on like people's hatred towards him sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. the real support comes from the people that like really love his music and really love him, but like... The, all the PR stuff is, I mean, you, I, I don't read anything but negative stuff about Kanye in, in right. news right now. Kind of bums me out, but he doesn't really, he doesn't, he doesn't really do make it. He doesn't do much to change it. Change, yeah, no. Yeah, um, so Lady Gaga canceled her tour with him after that. Kind of a bummer. Would have been really cool. <laughs> yeah, a really cool concert yeah. with both of them. I think, I think they both probably have a lot of common in terms of like pushing the envelope on what people think good music is. So we have the Taylor Swift controversy, which carries on today, carries on to today, which we don't have to go into super detail about. Yeah, I think that's probably the most interesting part of the controversy. And as time has gone on, Taylor Swift has been transforming less from this like girl next door, sweetheart, like America loves her to more of the like, uh, like what's the difference between her and Kim Kardashian West, for example. Taylor Swift does a lot of things now that is suspiciously only for the PR. Yeah. And and she she really likes to walk that line of, is this my personal life or is this the make-believe that I'm doing for mm-hmm. the sake of photos yeah. and, and for attention? And so, like, it definitely, I mean, it kind of goes back to, you know, the thing with George W. Bush. Like, perception over time has changed. But with this one thing in particular, I do try to look at it as uh, you still got on stage when a 19 year old girl was winning an award Mm -hmm. for something that she had done and told her that she didn't deserve it. That's just uh, almost objectively bad. It's it it is because like you don't see that happening at the Oscars like uh, I'm gonna let you finish. But this movie was actually the best movie. 
I'm gonna let you finish, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it was it was not good, and it's just it's probably just gonna follow both of them probably for the rest of their lives. All right, so after this, after Eight Oits and Heartbreaks comes my favorite Kanye album, which I haven't I didn't listen to until about a year after I started listening to Kanye, the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Also recorded this in Hawaii. This is where the Kanye, just the really unhinged kind of Kanye, starts to come into full effect here. He slept in increments recording this. A lot of people were really worried about him, like just obsessing over this album. And of course it just explodes. He released, he had this thing called Good Friday, which is another funny little reference to uh, Christ, where he would release songs on that album every Friday to like subscribers and stuff like that. And he did that with The Life of Pablo as well. He just doesn't really care about like just, he just wants people to hear his music. He doesn't care how. You know, I have a, I just have a lot of respect for him. He already has enough money now, so I guess he can do whatever he wants. But at this point, I'm, I'm at that at this time that I'm talking about releasing those songs every Friday. You, you know, people already have his music. I just wonder what it did to his CD sales. Sure. Um, yeah. Even though they were huge, could they have been much bigger? You know, if he had like tried to build up some hype and then release it instead of the songs like one by one. Um, it was nominated for Best Album of the Year at Grammys, which it totally deserved. I do not believe it won. This is kind of the antithesis of 808s, actually, and his later album, Yeezus, in the sense that it's just this huge, grandiose symphony of music. It's just totally maximal, maximalist imagery, you know? He has big bands and big orchestras and big themes and stardom and... My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is literally the name of the album. It's about his life. I think it's about him entering A-list like celebrity, the A-list celebrity world, and it kind of tears him apart first. And the reason I bring up the Yeezy and the 808s is because those were very minimalist in... Well, I guess Yeezy was minimalist in sound, not so much in themes. It was also very grandiose and excessive and mm-hmm. stuff like that. This is a great album. If I have one suggestion for anyone listening is to listen to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. If, of course, I'm going to put a explicit tag on that because it is explicit sure. yeah, not yeah. just in language but again in themes he it's a lot of it's a really human album really I, it just kind of put Kanye into a person for me Runaway was one of the singles that came out of that and it's I believe I Michael and I have uh, discussed it and we think it's about his sex addiction which is absolutely real if you know anything about Kanye <sighs> that song really it just it it really gets to me. It makes me cry on a regular basis. And the length of it is pretty important too. It's like a seven minute long song Ooh. where like in the last three and a half minutes, it's just his, he's speaking through a modulator or something like that, singing the singing like the chorus he was before, just almost unrecognizable for like three and a half minutes with some strings in the background. And that's just another kind of like, I'm not following, you know, the normal layout of the song. I'm going to I'm going to make the ending of this three and a half minutes long, which is longer than his first single Jesus Walks, like the whole entire song. Is longer, <laughs> right. which yeah. It's just it's such an interesting thing that he chose to do. That really is an incredible album. I really do. I, I really will push that on anybody listening to please give that a listen. And just it's one of the most important rap albums ever, arguably. Yeah, noted. I will. I, I do have to admit while I am a Kanye fan, I definitely haven't listened to the entire discography. And that is one that I have, I'm not going to say avoided, but it's definitely one that just through chance, I haven't gotten an opportunity to listen to. So that I will take as my challenge for the week is is to challenge you. (laughs) 
And next, he made the Watch the Throne album with Jay-Z, which I am so completely unfamiliar with. It's not even funny. Oh, see, this is one that I am familiar with. It is a really fascinating listen because just the different themes that they choose to incorporate into the different songs is it's, it's varied, but being the musical geniuses they are, they do go together. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's the musical equivalent of trail mix. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You take a whole handful of trail mix and you're like, I don't know who decided to throw peanuts and raisins into the same bag. Oh, there's m ms too? Yeah, okay. okay. All right. right. I'll eat them all together. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. And it works. It works, yeah. What a tasty album. I do need to listen to it. I'm not a huge Jay-Z fan. Yeah. Um, Yeah, again, like I said, the rap that I was introduced to was Kanye's kind of like non-gangster rap kind of thing. So I'm not used to... I don't know how gangster Jay-Z is. I think he's pretty gangster. He's probably like the coolest rapper that I know, honestly. (laughs) Um, so I, I don't know. I do need to give it a chance though. So had Jay-Z and Kanye worked together between Blueprint and Watch the Throne? Um, so yeah, they've been close friends pretty much ever since Rockefeller Records where they met. Um, uh, Jay-Z was in a few of his songs. He was in the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy song Monster. He did a verse in there. Kanye's nickname for him is Big Brother, and he does have a song called Big Brother in Graduation, which is supposedly about Jay-Z, who's essentially his mentor throughout his entire music career, which I think is funny because I just think Kanye is just immensely more talented. But he obviously had a lot to learn from Jay-Z in terms of the industry itself and stuff. So, um, so do you think they have uh, BFF necklaces? Yeah, they have yeah? They have a little split heart necklace with <laughs> best friends on them, and they... Kanye shares Kanye shares his half with um, Jay-Z every now and then, but mostly he just keeps them both for himself. <laughs> <laughs> they both belong to Kanye. No one loves Kanye more than Kanye. That's Kanye. I think that's clear with recent, with pretty much everything he does. <laughs> I love Kanye. Kanye I love loves. more than Kanye loves Kanye. <laughs> Kanye loves ultimate. Kanye. <laughs> it's the ultimate compliment. Um, he also um, made a, compila- a compilation album called Cruel Summer with a bunch of artists. I have yet to check that one out, although I'm really interested. He directed a film and it premiered at the 2012 Cannes Film Festival. He's just, he's all about getting his feet into every, I just, I really do think he just wants to leave an impression on the world. He really, really wants to influence he wants to influence art in every way. It's a big, it's like a big dream, but he's doing it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, given that he did go to school for art, I think that's definitely something that you can see in everything he does. I, I think even down to like the album artwork, for example, for, for all of his albums, They're so it's, unique. they are very unique. They're very artistic. He obviously doesn't do his own uh, album artwork, but he, is very obviously very thoughtful about who he chooses and what he approves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a really interesting thing. It's not to say that artists are willing to just kind of, you know, eh, throw away the album covers and given in the digital age, particularly when most people probably even couldn't identify the record yeah. based off of the album cover. Yeah. He still insists yeah. on having something that is recognizable. That's unique. And yeah, it's it's fascinating to me. Everything. Uh, he's a perfectionist, yeah. so why not? Everything has to be. Yeah, like, everything. Even the, even the album artwork, which, like you said, isn't as relevant these days. 
So we're in 2013 now, and he releases Yeezus, uh, which he worked on in Paris. Yeezus was really, the reception of Yeezus was also, it was really interesting. I believe it was his worst selling, yep, his worst release yet, which is interesting. It's Michael's favorite Kanye album. He wanted to incorporate Chicago Drill, um, dance hall, house, industrial music, which you can totally hear. It's such an, like, it's listening to that album is like an assault. It, <laughs> It is so cool, but it is so stressful. And the themes in this one, too, are about, like, celebrities and being him and being awesome and being rich. And it's really cool. Um, I did get... So, I did, so super relatable is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, super relatable. It's like, the, it, you know, the old Kanye we all know and love, the one yeah. that dropped out of college and really spoke to me. Yeah. He's, he has changed a lot. And how could you expect him not to? But... I, I can't relate to this Kanye at all anymore. And I still love him, but I don't know what it's like to sit in a restaurant and scream for your croissants from your fancy French waiter and not get them right away and how upsetting that is, you know? <sighs> what a hard life, Kanye. <laughs> Kanye, we really feel for you. Yeah, we feel for you. There's a song called I Am A God. Um, there's a song called... Well, to be fair, I am also a god. So when I said that it <laughs> was super relatable, relatable I was it. I was not ki- I was not kidding, Carmen. That's fair. <laughs> you are a god. Um, my favorite part reading about this album was that he was inspired by architecture. Interesting. I don't. I I'm not sure what that means. I guess listening to the album, I I feel like there are some sounds that I do hear on the construction sites. You know. But actually being inspired by architecture, I'd like to know what kind of architecture and what, like, what does that even mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> only Kanye knows. Yeah. I mean, I hear architecture and I think, okay, well, what sound would the Eiffel Tower make? What sound would the Sydney Opera House make? Yeah. Kanye All of those. Knows. Uh, Kanye knows. But he does Kanye it. know <laughs> what the sound of a fourplex apartment makes? <laughs> yeah, he probably did at some point. I think, you know, this era of Kanye, it is it is less relatable, but it's it's the kind of Kanye that everyone's like talking about right now. Just the there's a song on his The Life of Pablo album called I Love Kanye. It's it's it kind of addresses the fact that he knows people miss the old Kanye and want the old Kanye and are sick of the new Kanye, the rude Kanye, the bad mood Kanye. But he doesn't care. He's, he's making exactly what he wants to make. He's doing exactly what he wants to do. And I have so much respect for that if I don't have respect for anything else that he does. You know? Sure, yeah. It's just that he pushes the limit and really doesn't care. He doesn't. Yeah. And I know that there that that can be a bad thing sometimes, especially when you're constantly followed by the press. Yeah. And, you know, consequently, he's never really portrayed in a good light. That's true. Yeah, I mean, and... Again, he doesn't really make much of an effort to put himself in a good light, Mm -mm. but this is definitely the point of the timeline, I guess, that we do have to start separating the art from the artist. You know, I... If if Hemingway were alive today, I, I wouldn't like him. No, <laughs> nobody would like him. Not a very cheery guy. Not really, but no. people Same still read. Yeah, yeah, sure. But people still read read the stuff that they did and say, "Hey, this is pretty neat stuff." Mm-hmm. Carl Wilson quoted this Yeezus album to be a strange link between Kanye's many iterations, a soul sample enthusiast heartbroken auto-tune crooner, hedonistic avant-pop composer, and industrial 
rap shit talker. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love, I love all of that because it's just a perfect description of every stage of Kanye's music career. And you know, this, this album, Kanye wanted it to be a protest to music and it really was. It's, I'd say it's hardly music if that didn't come off as an insult because I don't want it to, but it's just, it's, 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 it's not musical. It's super minimal. It's really noisy. And it's just, I think it's just genius. And then he came up with the life of Pablo. Um, he started producing that. And at this point too, he was dating Kim Kardashian. Um, if any of you don't know who she is, she's a famous person. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? I just think that out of all of the uh, the jokes that we tell, the joke, if you don't know who she is, is <laughs> probably the best one yeah, that we've She told. is way, I, I mean, okay, I do like, I do like um, the Kardashians. I've never watched the show. I am just so intrigued by their lifestyle and just their vapidness. I ju- it's just the reality TV kind of thing. I just, I can't not watch. A lot of people... But by a lot of people, I mean Michael, who is my boyfriend. He is, he just hates their relationship because he, he idolizes Kanye so much. Like he is in love with Kanye and he hates Kim. And I mean, I don't blame him that much, but he just cannot stand the idea that someone like Kanye is in love with a woman like him. And I tried, I I thought about it for a while because it is interesting. I don't think him has a lot to offer in terms of like ingenuity or any anything. Well, I think what it is is that when you look at a person like Kanye West, you kind of expect him to marry a sort of muse almost. Yeah. And I don't look at Kim and think like that is top muse material yeah, right see, there. But he does. He is yeah. obsessed with her. Like he is always taking pictures of her. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sure they bond on their fashion like interests a ton. He's just obsessed with this woman. And even though I don't get it, I I really I really like it. You know, maybe Kanye does someone that's as conflicted and it's hard to like navigate through his head sometimes. Someone as complex as Kanye maybe needs a Kim, you know? A a beautiful understanding Kim to come home to, you know, just to kind of like as bad as it sounds like ah simpleness <laughs> you know I think it works I think it really works um so they married in 2014 in a private ceremony in Florence which was another kind of weird thing like no photographers there really close friends um just a really private ceremony which was another surprising thing that I found out that they didn't want to they didn't want their wedding to be some spectacular thing that the whole world was talking about they wanted it to be theirs and that's really sweet. So one of my favorite details about Kanye is that he received an honorary degree from the School of Art Institute of Chicago for music, fashion, and pop culture, which is just really funny because, you know, he finally, he eventually got his degree. <laughs> um, even though he did, he did graduate. He got a, he got a degree from Chicago, which is a city that he's done a ton of things for ever since he's been able to pretty much, which I, I find is another common theme in most rap artists is they'll really just sing praise and do a lot for the city that they came from, that they had really, most of them had really rough beginnings in. He has stated that he's the greatest living rock star on the planet, which I like that he, he specifies living because I think Kanye actually believes that Michael Jackson is the greatest pop star that has ever lived, ever. He has so much respect for him he sings about him all the time he's actually compared his family to the jacksons too which i think is a little um i understand where it's coming from in terms of like 
fame. But in terms of talent, yeah, I don't know. The Jacksons were all they were all a singing group. They all they all were musically talented, but um, right, yeah. Really the only notable West Kardashian to me is Kanye. <laughs> right, yeah. So there's that aspect, and then there's also the aspect that the Jacksons grew up with a father that was really driven by this fame that that they were going to get. He really wanted to be an extension of his kids and even though he couldn't participate he really pushed hard for them to become the artists that they well a couple of them did become Mm -hmm. and it is unfortunate because it is actually abusive in some cases so i mean i (laughs) i see where Kanye west is coming from i definitely have to protest that a little bit I, I just I just don't completely agree. I think their I think their biggest similarity they do have some qualities in their music that are similar. In fact, Kanye uses some like licks from um, Michael Jackson's stuff. Um, I do think that their most their biggest similarity is just their notoriety. Right. Yeah. You know, absolutely. The person that everyone is talking about, good or bad, mostly bad. <laughs> yeah. You know. I think. Yeah. Say what you will about Michael Jackson. He was an incredibly talented musician. Um, he did have some mental problems, like Kanye. Uh, he did do a lot of questionable things that were caught by the press, like Kanye. They both just sacrifice everything for their music. Yeah. I think I I do understand the comparison. I just think it's a little off. Yeah, and and even on its most basic level, the genres don't they don't line up. They don't line up. No. Like it definitely for Kanye to call himself the greatest living rock star is definitely something where I'm like, oh, are you are you a rock star though? I, I yeah, so he's called himself a rock star a few times, and I, I you're not you're a, you're a rap star, but I think he just means, I think he's just kind of just in the music scene. That's the rock star is the word to go with, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I think essentially he's saying I'm the greatest living musician on the planet right now. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, nothing if not confident. <laughs> objectively speaking Kanye are you saying this objectively I don't know know if he can be objective I think he just I think he's too in love with himself yeah I really do think he just thinks so highly of himself I would really love to see what he's like in person like what what kind of stuff does a person like Kanye just kind of small talk about right yeah does he small talk at all (laughs) probably not he announces that he is running for president in 2020 Donald Trump actually does make a appearance in his famous music video, which I think you watched. I think we both watched like the first minute and got super bored. <laughs> yeah. Like if I really, if I really wanted to just look at a bunch of naked celebrities, I'd, I'd look them up myself. I don't sure. need, I don't need these <laughs> weird, almost inhuman, like they were really well made, but like these wax figures, yeah. it was just creepy. They're definitely, they definitely haven't fully emerged from that uncanny valley. Yeah. No, they just have that little edge of like, you're not a human. You're not a human being. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that music video definitely sparked a lot of rage amongst the Taylor Swift fans who kind of rightly claims that her body was used in a way that she did not agree to even if even if it wasn't her it was it was her you know yeah and uh i think the point kanye was trying to make with that music video i think he was really just trying to show off his peers like this is taylor swift the greatest pop like the biggest pop star of all time donald trump you know this really notorious politician I think with um, this release of The Life of Pablo, 
which is just all about like he himself is Pablo, the life of Pablo. It's all about the people he's associating with now and what his life is like being with just all these famous people. And so you have famous, the music video, the full of naked celebrities because that's art. I don't know. Apparently. <laughs> the list of people in this music video, which... Oh gosh, please take me past the picture of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so the first one is George Bush, ah. uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, the second one is Anna Wintour, which she is the editor-in-chief for Vogue magazine. Ah, okay. So she, if you've watched The Devil Wears Prada, basically Meryl Streep was okay. based off of Anna Wintour. All right. And given that she is huge in fashion, yeah, that makes that sense. Too, yeah. Number three is Donald Trump. Uh, number four is Rihanna. Ha! Yeah. The big fan of Rihanna. Yeah. Uh, five is Chris Brown, who I... Th- oh, man, I don't want to look at the picture again, but I think... <laughs> I- <laughs> Cancel images! <laughs> I don't want to, like... I'm seeing all these pictures of just, like, actual pictures of these people on the runway and they have clothes on and it's actually them yeah i don't want to look but i think chris brown and rihanna are next to each other oh man which another total kanye thing to do it is yeah uh taylor swift which Mm -hmm. he has the line in the song famous i feel like me and taylor might still have sex why I made that bitch famous. That's another, yeah, that's another big thing. She claimed that she didn't give the permission for him to say that. Kim released a video recording her saying that, like, yes, you can talk about me, although she didn't specifically approve that actual line. There's, like, a lot of... There's a a lot lot of of back and forth, yeah. Yeah, so, and of course, Kanye is in there. Yeah. Uh, Kim is next. Uh, Then Ray J. Ray J. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is he next to Kim? I am assuming so. Yeah. Again, I am not <laughs> looking yeah, back at the picture. Uh, Amber Rose. Ah, yeah, they dated. I think that was the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Was it? Yeah, I think. The quote here is from Kanye West. He says, if Kim had dated me when I first wanted to be with her, there wouldn't be an Amber Rose. You know what I'm saying? I had to take 30 showers before I got with Kim. So it's it's... An interesting kind of commentary on his relationship yeah. uh, with both of them. Yeah, I think. absolutely. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner, Bill Cosby. Oh. And oh nope, that's it. Number twelve is Bill Cosby. How strange! Just yeah. strange group of people. And and like he, you know, I I don't know about his, I don't know what his feelings are towards Bill Cosby, but you know, even if they. Even if they were negative, I still, like, understand why he wants to put Bill Cosby in there. It's just another notoriety thing. He just... I think it just it just says a lot about who his peers are now, where he is now in his life. I think he's just kind of reveling the fact that he's just, like, he embodies the word famous. It's just... He is famous in every aspect of the word. Yeah. For good or for bad. So... For good or for bad. What... Uh, is next for Kanye and what do you hope is next for Kanye? So I've been looking forward to his new album or whatever his next album is going to be. Um, in terms of like his next projects, I'm not super into his fashion line or, you know, really anything else he does like that. Apparently there is a, an album called Turbo Graphics 16 
coming out, which was inspired by, like, or he announced that it might be, and it's inspired by video games and stuff like that, so I'm particularly interested in that. I don't really know what's next for him. You never really know with a person like Kanye. I think he's always going to be surprising us. Really honest, I, he just, he is just probably always going to be doing, doing things that get people talking, you know? I think we can count on him for that. Making great music, really just... Music that I, a type of music that I never thought could touch my heart like it did and like make me feel bad for someone like Kanye. Cause it does, it, all his music, it has this extravagance and this decadence, but there's this like edge of, in my opinion, there's this edge of like, he, it can never be enough for him, you know, which does kind of make me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's sad, but all joking aside, it is relatable. As I mentioned previously, I did struggle with perfectionism for a long time when I was a kid, and it's something that I have been able to get over, but I know that it's not easy for a lot of other people, that that it can be part of a mental disorder. And so it, it does make me feel for him, at least in that sense. I still think he's a giant turd sometimes. <laughs> But he but he does do things that I think... Yeah, he comes through. Yeah, he comes through. And he does what artists are supposed to do, which is portray that raw emotion through whatever medium he tries to do. And for me, I, I prefer his music. Maybe other people prefer his fashion over his music. I don't know what crazy person <laughs> is wearing clothes over listening to his music, but yeah, yeah okay, whatever. Well, you know, that's a it's a piece of Kanye. I'd rather yeah. someone have a piece of Kanye than no pieces of Kanye. Right. But I just want to share the Kanye love. I just want everyone to to just know how <laughs> know how talented and great he is. A lot of people, a lot of people might not give him a chance, but I really urge everyone just one. One album, I think Audrey's Audrey's suggestion was 808s. Yeah, so that's my favorite. 808s and the Heartbreaks is my favorite, and as Carmen mentioned, it's got a lot of, lot of that raw emotion, and it's got the auto-tune. That's, I think, where he really took the auto-tune and turned it into something that could be enjoyed, and your recommendation was... My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which it's, it's hard to describe. It's very orchestral and grand and deals with a lot of like really heavy really personal issues best i mean top five rap albums of all time ever not even my opinion i think i think ever it was super influential so yeah i give those a listen give them a chance you don't have to like the artist just enjoy the art if it's if it's good <laughs> you know yeah absolutely i'd like to say that he um he's been quoted saying that he wants to create a world for his daughter he said, when I look into North's eyes, I'm happy. And every mistake I've ever made, I'm happy that I fought to bring some type of reality to this world we choose to stay in right now, driven by brands and corporations. And I think that's, I think that's pretty straightforward. Kanye's goal is to just make pure music that's not tainted by, it's kind of ironic because most of his music is about his like fame and stuff. But I think he really wants to create a world that's not centered around money and image and corporations he wants a world centered around music and connecting through it yeah that's really respectable yeah that is all right well uh guess we'll do the sign off and <laughs> yeah, the, sign -off. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we don't have a sign off. <laughs> maybe we'll come up with one after our first episode. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe we'll need to come back and, and edit in yeah. some stuff. But, well, thanks for tuning in this week for Kitten Whiskers and Kanye. And next week, I am going to take a very sharp left turn into non-Disney fairy tales. <laughs> this is something that I am actually very passionate about. I grew up I grew up reading a lot of fantasy books. That was actually kind of my bread and butter for a long time. Yeah. And so I am very familiar with a lot of fairy tales that don't make it to the screen. And it's something that I, I do want to touch on. Yeah, so, I'm super curious. I hear most of them are pretty creepy. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, Not your grandmother's fairy tale. No, or your grandmother's fairy tale, They actually. are your grandmother's fairy tale. <laughs> actually, and we might seriously need to consider our rating for this podcast because of the really? fairy tales. Yeah, it gets pretty gnarly. Wow, I am. So. Now I'm just ten times more intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna what, could hype so, what could be so bad about, you know, the Little Mermaid or Little Princesses and, you know. Oh, Carmen. I just don't know. Oh, Carmen. It's so innocent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, tune in next week to listen to us talk about our favorite things and to hear me talk about non-Disney fairy tales. <laughs> I'm Audrey Stratton. I'm Carmen Thorley. And this is Kitten Whiskers and Kanye. Kanye.